0: It has long been a holiday tradition to tell ghost stories on Christmas Day. I know, it sounds sort of silly when said out loud, but trust me on this, today is a lot more chilling than you might think. This practice spans over hundreds of years, dating back to a time when paganism was still quite popular throughout Europe. Although, instead of on Christmas Day, These ghost stories were shared around a blazing fire during the Sabbath called Yule. For some context here, this feast is celebrated during the winter solstice, or rather the shortest and the darkest day of the year. During Yule, it's quite common to burn a traditional Yule log as a metaphorical yet practical way to fend off this vast darkness, as well as the bitter cold that often comes with it. Now, even though times have definitely changed, there are some aspects of the human spirit that will always remain. In other words, just as we do today, our ancestors too loved to share ghostly tales within the warmth of a fire's glow. And what better time to tell these stories than on this, the darkest night of the year. Of course, as Christianity became more and more popular, Yuletide traditions began to shift, but the connection between Christmas and chilling stories of the great beyond remain ever ingrained in our holiday traditions. In fact, as someone who maintains an eclectic sort of spiritual beliefs myself, burning a Yule log has been a long-held tradition in my own home. And, well, we all know that I love a good ghost story. All of this is to say that I have a Christmas tale to share with you. Although, be forewarned, this story is anything but merry. I'm Courtney Hayes, and you're listening to Haunts. Stay tuned. Dating back to the 14th century, the Bramshill House, of course, has a storied past. In fact, they say it's one of the most haunted houses in all of England, with 14 separate spirits dwelling within those very walls. Now, given today's festivities, there's one in particular that I think is worth bringing to your attention. The spirit of a now nameless woman, who is known simply as the Mistletoe Bride. But before we get into that, let's take a moment to discuss the history of this renowned haunt, even if only to get a bit of context for who this woman may have been. Ever since it was first constructed, the Bramsell House acted as the private home of various English noblemen. Originally known as the Estate of Bramsell, the residence was first owned by French-English Norman aristocrat Hugh de Port. After his stint at the property, ownership changed hands to Sir Thomas Foxley, yet another English nobleman who acted as the constable of Windsor Castle. Of course, there were other nobles who followed the Foxley family, each of whom put their own unique mark on the grand estate. But it was Thomas who made the Bramsell House what it is today. Now, beyond these somewhat regal residence Bramsell also hosted a handful of notable figures over the years. In 1620, for instance, King James I paid a visit to the property. Then, in the following year, the Archbishop of Canterbury toured the grounds. All of this is to say that the mistletoe bride, whoever she may be, must have led an influential yet short life. There are, of course, a few theories to account for this woman's identity. There are some who believe that this ghostly bride is the spirit of Anne Cope, who purportedly was betrothed to Lord Hugh Bethel. Others say that this spirit is actually that of Genevere Orsini, whose wedding at Bramsdale in 1727 was arranged by her well-to-do Italian family. So yeah, like I said, Influential and hopefully happy, but short all the same. Which, of course, makes the following story that much more tragic. There are a few variations to this tale, but they all begin on Christmas Day at the Bramsell House. On that frosty morning in the 17th century, there was an extra layer of merriment to the Yuletide festivities. You see, this was not meant to be your average holiday celebration. No, instead, this was also the day of a wedding. Now, for simplicity's sake, let's go ahead and assume that the bride in question was in fact Anne Cope. That she and her fiancé, Hugh Bethel, had planned an extravagant wedding at the grand estate. The Bram's Hill House was, no doubt, a beautiful venue for a wedding. But beyond that, it was also a spectacular place for a newlywed couple to build their lives together. That's exactly what Anne and Hugh had planned on doing. They were married that afternoon, and what I can only imagine was a storybook wedding. They spent the better half of the evening celebrating with friends and family, toasting to the life that they were about to embark on. Then it became time for the couple to consummate their union, and as was tradition at the time, Their guests were keen on escorting the newlyweds to their marital chambers. Well, that is, until someone, somewhere along the way, came up with a somewhat different idea. One more game, one more celebration, before Anne and Hugh set out on their own. That was likely the thought process here. But regardless of the why, the wedding party ultimately decided to play a round of hide and seek with the newlywed bride it was an innocent gesture that is until it wasn't and in the end poor encope would pay the ultimate price To be honest, this impromptu game was a bit odd and somewhat problematic. Evidently, it was Hugh's groomsman who proposed the idea that Anne go off and hide somewhere in the estate. They could then fan out and find her. Oh, and whoever did would win a kiss off of Hugh's bride. I know, like I said, weird and very inappropriate. But for whatever reason, the couple went along with the charade. So with a sprig of mistletoe in hand, Anne set off in search of a hiding spot while the groomsmen closed their eyes and began to count. Not long after Anne Cope took her leave, the groom and his groomsmen began to search. They scoured the mansion, going over each room with a fine-tooth comb only to find that Anne was quite good at this game, maybe even a little too good. You see, after quite some time searching the house from top to bottom, it became obvious that Anne's hiding spot was next to impossible to find. At first, the wedding party joked, maybe the young bride didn't want to be found, maybe she had run off entirely. Although, as the minutes turned to hours, The jokes, too, began to change. What was once playful banter was now concerned discussion. Where was Anne hiding, and why hadn't she revealed herself by now? These were sobering questions, but they were asked all the same. And when they ultimately went unanswered, Hugh was sent to bed alone, instead of with his beloved bride. Lord Hugh Bethel spent the next 50 years searching for his long-lost bride. Of course, there were rumors that swirled around Hampshire. Some said that Anne Cope used the game as a chance to flee, leaving a jolted and very distraught Hugh in the dust. Then there were others who thought she had disappeared, under somewhat more nefarious circumstances. For Hugh, both possibilities were heartbreaking and incomprehensible, but through it all, he knew their love to be true. So then, what happened to his bride on the night of their wedding? And was there any hope for him to see her again? In the end, the truth of the matter was far more tragic than he could have imagined. It was an otherwise ordinary afternoon, and he was up in the attic, just as he had been so many times before. You see, over the course of the last five decades, Hugh Bethel continued to search the Bramsel House for clues. Maybe his wife had fled that night, but surely she must have left something of merit behind, right? On this day in particular, Hugh had been knocking on some wood paneling in the far reaches of the attic, when all of a sudden, a hidden compartment revealed itself. Obviously, he was startled by the discovery. I mean, even after all these years, Hugh had no idea that there were secret rooms inside his home. Surely, you can see where I'm going with this. With a somewhat apprehensive swing in his step, Hugh slowly walked toward the room. Inside, he found a large chest sealed tight from the top down by a heavy wooden door. Slowly, he pried it open, making yet another heartbreaking discovery. There, lying inside the chest, sat the remains of a young bride. She was still dressed in her wedding gown, with a sprig of mistletoe clutched in her hands. And with that, the mystery of the missing mistletoe bride had been solved at long last. The tragic story of the mistletoe bride is certainly haunting enough as it currently stands. But, as I'm sure you likely guessed, this tale isn't over just yet. You see, over the course of the last four centuries, an eerie legend has taken shape within the walls of the Bramzill House. Apparently, along with those 13 other spirits, the specter of a woman in white haunts the estate. According to several of my sources, she is most often encountered in the Fleur de Lies room. Accompanied by the scent of Lily of the Valley, the spirit is said to pass through the room on a nightly occasion, paying little mind to anyone who may be resting there. In fact, during a stay at the Bramsell house, Michael I of Romania requested to change quarters. I guess he had originally been staying in the Fleur de Lies room, but asked for different accommodations a few nights into his stay. Supposedly, he was having trouble sleeping through the night, thanks to the overpowering presence of this spirit. Now it's still widely debated whether or not this spirit is that of the mistletoe bride. But in theory, at least, it does sort of make sense. I mean, given the tragic circumstances surrounding her death, it only seems natural for this bride to stick around. Well, that is, if she ever even existed in the first place. And of course, that's a really big if. According to several of my sources, at least, this legend is almost purely based in fiction. The story itself has been shared throughout various pieces of literature, including Kate Moss's aptly named horror anthology entitled The Mistletoe Bride. Beyond that, this tale has also been told throughout various oral traditions. Sure, the settings and the characters may change throughout each retelling, but the spirit of the story remains. A young bride is lost during a jovial Yuletide festivity and in the end, she is doomed to haunt the very home where she was meant to live. Suffice it to say, it's a chilling tale, but it's likely only that. The perfect ghost story to share within the light of a fire's glow during this, the darkest time of the year. this episode of haunts was written and produced by me courtney hayes as we bring this year to a close i wanted to take a moment to thank you all for the love and support that you've given the show over the last year when i started haunts back in february i never would have thought that it would grow into this wicked community and i'm very excited to see where you guys take the show in the new year with that said i'll see you all in 2024 with more studio worthy ghost stories and some frightfully exciting news. But until then, happy holidays, and of course, happy haunting.